Welcome to the Word Up Podcast, where we discuss all things tech in Israel from the perspective of a technical writer. Doesn't sound interesting? Well, you can go ahead and leave. Just kidding. Stick around because I think I'm going to make a very compelling case why you should care about technical writing. Welcome back to another episode of Word Up Podcast. Um, first off, I do want to apologize for the sporadic uh, release schedule that I've had for the podcast over the past couple of weeks. Um, just with everything going, you know, things picking up at work in my full-time job and uh, with the kids being home for the summer. So I want to apologize, uh, but hopefully we'll be getting back on track uh, pretty soon, which would be every other uh, Monday we'll be releasing. Also to keep uh, to, to keep in mind, starting in the fall, we're gonna I'm gonna start releasing some uh, episodes that are interviewing some really top people in the field. So uh, so look forward to that and stay tuned. In this episode, um, I want to dig a little bit deeper into a topic that we've discussed before. I think maybe in the first or second uh, episode, this is um, having to do with titles, technical writer uh, titles. Um, you know, intern, junior, senior, staff, principal. But this one specifically, I want to talk about junior writers. Really, we have to start off by defining what is a junior writer. You've seen this probably on job posts before. It says, you know, junior writer, senior writer, sometimes just technical writer. So I'm going to give you my definition of what a junior is. Um, and I'm going to get into nitty gritty here today. So I'm going to talk about what a junior is, what is the responsibility of a company or a team that decides to take on a junior writer? And I'm also going to uh, get into it with the rea- a reality check for junior writers. Um, so this, this, you know, be warned that this might, I'm, I'm not going to hold back here. I'm going to be pretty honest about how I feel about this. Um, just as a little background, what qualifies me to discuss junior writers? Well, I was one myself um, about a decade ago when I, when I transitioned to technical writing as a career. Also, over my career as a technical writer, I've uh, I've trained uh, junior writers. Uh, several of them, most of them, have gone on to full time positions at uh, large enterprise successful companies. Um, so I do have a bit of experience in training junior writers to be able to go on to be full time, you know, just regular writers without the junior title. Um, so there are a couple of different types of junior writers, and again, depending on your locale, I don't know where you are, how it works, um, but I'm going to speak specifically about Israel. Generally speaking, in order to get into the technical writing field, you have to do a course and uh, after the course, do some sort of internship, either with, you know, with uh, outsource work where you're taking on contract work through the company that you did your internship for, or you actually go and interview at places that are hiring interns. And the internship usually consists of some, you know, busy project that the regular writing team on uh, that company doesn't want to handle, but it would be a good onboarding task or internship for uh, for a new writer. So, for instance, my internship was taking a 750-page reference document and copying copying and pasting it into uh, XMetal. That was the tool that we used back then. So that that was my internship, nine hours a day for two months straight of just copying, pasting. And through that, I was able to learn single source documentation, did a, um, all about tagging XML. I knew nothing about this before. So, um, it gave me a, a good chance. It was, you know, a bit of a tedious, uh, uh, internship, um, and repetitive, but it did give me lay the basis of, uh, you know, future writing. So, I got lucky in that I had someone who trained me and decided to invest in me uh, to to teach me how to be a technical writer, not just to accomplish the task that the team needed, you know, cheap labor for to get done because no one else wanted to do it. 
Other interns are not so lucky. They're really brought in to just do copy-paste, something that they're not taught anything about technical writing or software, anything like that. They're just thrown in, do this uh, busy project, and sorry, we don't have a job for you after. So the different types of juniors that there are, let's take them uh, one by one. There's someone with no experience. Now, someone with no experience to me, well, let's, let's back up. You have someone with no experience, someone with some experience, and someone with transferable skills. Now, we're going to go into each one of these. Someone with no experience means no writing background, no technical background, and no transferable skill set. Um, I don't know. Previously, you were a chef, and now you want to become a technical writer. This is someone who has, has zero experience. Someone with some experience means that maybe they did an internship uh, in technical writing. Perhaps they you know, had another job at a small company where they were doing marketing writing, but then they were asked to also do some of the technical writing. So where I would define it as having some experience with technical writing, but not being the main part of the job. Also, maybe in customer success, we had to write some KB articles and, and document the solutions you were coming up with, something like that. Someone with transferable skills means you either have a technical background, you know, developer, network, whatever it is, some sort of technical background, or a writing background. Um, and I would even throw into this someone who did quite a bit of uh, writing in customer success because that's usually the, the department I, I uh, interface with the most. So someone with transferable skills is either tech background, writing background, or perhaps you know, related field uh, as such as customer success. Um, so you have to find out where you fit on, on these. Okay. And the, I'm going to first speak to the companies and the teams and the hiring managers that are thinking about bringing on a junior. So why would you want to bring on a junior? You probably want to bring on a junior because you don't have a large budget. Um, you, you want, you need to have some busy work that you need to get done. Uh, and you no senior writers want to take it. It would be a waste of their time, not in terms of that it's beneath them, but in terms of what they're getting paid to, to do, to do copy and paste or, you know, sort of basic uh, KB articles or something like that. It wouldn't be worth it for the company or the team to invest in a senior writer or perhaps even higher doing this work. Um, so what should you consider? What is your responsibility as the managing, managing uh, the hiring manager or the team to take on a junior writer? Well, first, I think you need to clearly define um, what the professional gaps and the professional and knowledge gaps are that this junior currently has. So let's say they don't know anything. You need to be able to clearly identify and like make buckets for each each skill set that they have to do. And that leads to the second part, the second responsibility, which is to actively create a roadmap that has checkpoints along the way and KPIs where you are going to explain to this junior how you're going to grow them from where they currently are. And let's break it up into, you know, it depends on how long, you know, if it's a contract position or whatever, but let's just say it's a long-term position. So I would say, Build a roadmap that has check-in points either quarterly or half-yearly um, with uh, skill sets in terms of technical writing, skill sets in terms of the industry you're in. Let's just you know discuss software. So they should understand enough about the industry uh, and, and get a technical background. Um, and you should not leave it up to them to learn. You should build an active plan. Okay, it's it's really important, and this is your responsibility. And there should be measurable KPIs. This doesn't mean that they're, 
you know, bonus or raise is going to be based on it. But the, the idea of a KPI is to be able to go back and, and retrospectively and say, did we accomplish what we wanted to do um, and what we had set out to do, uh, judging by, you know, a set of metrics. You can always fine tune and update your KPIs as you go along, but definitely put them into the roadmap for a junior writer. Another thing, uh, and this one is often not implemented correctly at all. Um, you need to build in time during work hours for the junior writer to learn. Okay, so to expect them to work 100, you know, full time, 100% of their time, eight hours a day, nine hours a day, whatever it is, writing, and then say, okay, now at night or before or during your lunch break, you are going to learn about, you know, the techniques of writing or the theory of technical writing or go research some some good examples of technical writing, things like that. Listen to wonderful podcasts about technical writing, such as Word Up. Just kidding. Um, the idea is that they should be doing this during work hours. And it's your responsibility to make sure that they are doing that. Meaning, don't just say 10 hour, 10, 10%. What does it actually mean 10%? That means if you have a 40-hour work week, that means four hours each week, four hours should be learned, should be spent just learning, doing courses, reading books, doing things on company time. This is extremely important and it's your responsibility to make sure that they're carving out the time for it and you're not pressuring them with other things where they can't do this. Number two, you have to give them the freedom to investigate and research. So let's say they have to write a KB article. Um, instead of just doing an English edit, I hate when we give our junior writers tasks to make them English editors. Here's what a, CS, a CSM wrote. Take it, make it sound like some sort of technical writing and turn it into an article. That's not great. Have them reproduce it. Have them reproduce the, the error or the bug or whatever it is. Let them experience it. Let them implement the workaround. If they don't understand, if they get to a topic that they're not sure about, um, a technical topic, let them go and research it and watch a couple videos on YouTube or whatever to understand the nature of it. Each thing that they write should be a learning experience at least for the first several months, half a year, okay, until they build up a solid uh, knowledge base in, internally for themselves to be able to know what's going on in terms of technical writing, in terms of technology, especially whatever, whatever field you're working in or your product field is. They need the ability to investigate and research everything that they write so that they understand it from inside out. Now, it's also your responsibility to make sure you explain to them the balance between how much time to invest learning about it and how much time to invest writing about it and to not go over on either one. So you need to be on top of them. Now, I'm not saying micromanage, but you need to actively check in and make sure that they're doing a good investment amount of time to invest in learning about uh, what's going on behind this piece of documentation and actually writing it. The third piece of uh, the third responsibility that's yours, uh, the, the the writing team, um, this might sound weird. Treat them like small children. No, no, no. I don't mean to you know you know take food on a spoon and do the airplane so they eat it. Not that. What I'm talking about is in terms of setting goals. I apologize for the analogy. I'm going to bring up analogies to raising kids for those of you that don't have kids. I apologize, but I think you'll be able to get it anyway. When you're when your kid when it starts to learn how to walk, right? You see a lot of parents say for some, okay, come all the way across the room, across the room, come here, come, run, run, let's go faster, right? That is a sure way to fail because maybe they could do one step, 
two steps, maybe three steps. But anything beyond that, they're going to fall and then they're going to lose confidence and they're not going to want to do it again. Better that you encourage your children and you know your junior writers to take one or two steps and then celebrate the success and then have them build on that. Expecting them to do too much, even if they show extreme potential and they're very talented writers, do not force them to go taking more steps or running quicker than they should. It's your job to mediate um, their progress and to make sure you celebrate the wins that they get, whether it's understanding a, t- a technical concept right, you know, within after researching it, or writing a pretty good piece of documentation. That doesn't mean they're ready to go take on a whole f- a whole feature set and run their own uh, release cycle. Okay, so build them up little by little, even if they're 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 superstars. Take it very slowly and let them build on their successes. Don't push them uh, to failure. You have to give criticism. I don't, I'm sorry, I'm of the belief, um, you know, um, that criticism is not a bad thing. We're not telling them they're bad people, this or that. What we need to tell them is that they're, you know, there is a right way and a wrong way to do technical writing. Sometimes it's open to interpretation. You have some leeway in how you do things, but giving uh, criticism in dedicated sessions, not off the hook, because then it's just constant criticism. This should be done in um, however you think, however, how much interaction you like weekly, daily, monthly, bi-weekly, whatever you think, but dedicated sessions to uh, to feedback and criticism. Um, and just remember that uh, criticism is not a bad word, okay? Um, because you're doing it positively, you're doing it to help them, and you're doing it to make them better writers. And also make sure that you show how the feedback or criticism you're giving them is going to improve their work and make sure that when they fix something that you've criticized, then it then becomes something for you to celebrate, okay? Whether that means announcing it on a Slack channel or uh, circulating it internally, whatever the, the however you are going to celebrate um, this junior writer's win, make sure you do it, especially after it's a criti- they implement something that they've learned during one of these uh, uh, feedback uh, criticism sessions. And then the final thing, and anyone knows this who's raised the kid before, sometimes you just have to pull back Step out of the picture, let them make a mistake, and let them learn from the mistake. So uh, this is very common in situations where they have to interact or interface with someone in uh, other departments. Now you've built up a lot, you know, spent a long time building up relationships with other departments, and you want to kind of make sure that it stays like that. No, let them make a mistake, let them fail, and let them learn from it. You don't have to be there to catch every single mistake. Um, they have to experience their own though. Now you don't want to make like have them make any big mistakes or any big failures because again that's going to set them back. But um, allowing them to fail um, in certain controlled, almost like a controlled setting with teams that you know that are not going to be too mean or it's not going to cause major production issues or anything like that um, is actually going to be beneficial to them. So just as a to recap, as a company or a team, you have a responsibility if you decide to take on a junior writer. Okay, you have to clearly define all the professional and knowledge gaps that they have. Create a roadmap based on those with checkpoints and KPIs to show how they're going to be able to improve themselves over a set period of time, whether it's quarterly or half yearly. I wouldn't do more than half yearly. Um, Build in during work time hours, time for them to continue to learn about technical writing, about the technology, whatever it is that is going to be beneficial to them uh, professionally and to you as a team. Uh, Give them the freedom to investigate and research every single feature or any piece of writing that they're given. 
And again, treat them like small children. Go back and review so uh, it's within context that you know what I'm talking about. So now, okay, I'm going to give a reality check to junior writers. Um, what qualifies me to be so critical um, and give you a reality check? Well, I became a technical writer at the age of 30, okay? Yes, I'm 40 years old, so I, about 10 years ago. At, at age 30, um, I was already married with uh, one kid, and actually my, my second child was born the third day of my intern, my technical writing internship. So I was very much in the middle of my life. And for the first, I think, three or four years, I made less money between the age of 30 and 33 than I did at 22 as a paralegal at a uh, corporate law firm in Manhattan. Okay, that was so right after college, I was making more money as a uh, you know single guy living in Manhattan than I did when um, I was thirty between thirty and thirty three and the the main breadwinner of a family. So I've been through this, okay, I know what it's like. Uh, I know how hard it is. So the reality check comes from me having gone through this. Take whatever you can get. If you really want to become a technical writer and all you have available is an internship, take it. If someone's offering contract work for a set amount of time, take it. If it's part-time work, take it. If it's full-time work and you're not really can you really are more interested in part-time work, take the full-time position. The only thing that's going to allow you to advance in your career is getting up experience on your resume, on your CV, and it doesn't matter where you are. Intern, contract, part-time, full-time, do an amazing job wherever you go and whatever the situation is. Like I said, my internship was copying and pasting and uh, and they hired me full-time for my internship. And I was so surprised. You know, I don't know if it was my mother. Someone asked me, they, what'd you do? Like, what, how'd you succeed? I said, you know, using my my pinky and, and, and index finger, you know, control C, control V, control C, control V. Um, and that was the joke that I did that nine hours a day, very fast and uh, and I did it well. But the, the truth is you can take a boring project, make it, also, you know, make it very good, improve whatever you're doing, show that you're learning. Um, and as long as you're doing well wherever you are, it's going to be make the next stage easier when you're done with your internship or you're done with the contract and you're ready to move on. So number one, reality check, take whatever job you can get as your first one if you're transitioning and into technical writing. Number two. You need to take the mentality of an aspiring actor or actress, right? Most of the time, they're doing some other side job, you know, to, to, to pay the bills or this or that. The idea is the mentality is to be, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to get there. You know, my dream is to, to be a technical writer at Google, but all I can get right now is something, you know, writing a KB articles for someplace. Take it. Just take the take the mentality that that any piece of work is a great piece of work, right? You have a small little, uh, you know, your face is in a commercial for one second as an actor. Wonderful. That's my first job. I'll take it. That's amazing. It's on my my credit roll, whatever they call it, and and you're on. So you are transitioning. Take what you can get in the beginning. Okay, this one's going to be a little bit harder to hear. You're starting over. It doesn't matter that you've been working for 10, 15, 20 years as whatever you are. You're starting over. Now, that might qualify you very much so. Let's say you, you know, like you have an English degree and you've been you've been writing for something or you know, you're you've been a developer and you're whatever, whatever the case is, you are transitioning to a new career. 
Imagine if I said, I'm a technical writer now. I want to become a chef. Just hire me because I've been cooking all these years. I've been working in, in, in my field for 20 years. So I should be a head chef someplace. I should go in. I should be a, a, you know, a line chef and this and that. No, you are going to start off probably washing dishes, probably cleaning up because you have to respect the, you know, the kitchen and maybe chopping vegetables. Okay, that is what you're going to. It doesn't matter how much experience you have in your previous career. It doesn't, none of that actually matters. And the main place this comes in is the job you currently have, whatever you're getting paid, you're still starting over in a new career. You're going to probably have to take less money. To think that you can go from whatever career you currently have, become a technical writer, and demand the same amount of money, or not demand, request the same amount of money that you were making after spending 20 years in a certain field, just because that's where you are in your career, in your technical writing career, you are starting at zero. You're starting at one, zero or one, whatever. So you have to be realistic about the money that you're going to request because your skill set as a technical writer is not there. New people to technical writing think, okay, I can, I can write. Um, I, I know a few technical things. I can learn how to write. I can write a very good article. Wonderful. What they don't understand is that the more senior technical writers and the, the technical writers that end up getting paid more are mentors to younger to junior writers. They know about information architecture more. They know about managing release cycles. They know there are so many more things that senior writers take on. It's not just about the writing. You are not there yet. And that only comes with years of experience. Now, your experience might, you know, help you get there. But in terms of technical writing, you are brand new. So take what you can get and be realistic about how much money you're making. You are starting off in a completely new career. So that's all I really wanted to say. There's a lot more to talk about when it comes to taking on juniors, but there's responsibility from the company. Um, you know, you have to go through this reality check if you're looking to to transition into uh, becoming a technical writer. Um, but at the end of the day, do well wherever you are, whatever opportunity you have. And even if it's not the exact amount of money you have, I, look, I, I should apologize. I'm not suggesting that you put yourself out on the streets or in a situation where you cannot afford a minimal amount of lifestyle that you need to have, especially if you're taking care of a family and stuff like that. But what I, the, the point of the reality check was that you're going to be making probably less money than you're making now, especially if you're transitioning uh, after many years in the same field. Um, so these are the things to know about becoming a, a junior writer or hiring a junior writer. Okay, at this point, it's time to go to the LinkedIn post. So this one comes from the JavaScript uh, channel in, on LinkedIn. And it's it's a meme where it's a picture of um, a corner cubicle. So it's a cubicle, you know, a typical office cubicle. And it says, must be willing to work in a fast-paced and exciting environment, dot, 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 the environment. So obviously, I think, you know, most people who are, you know, my age at least, um, have worked in a cubicle or something like this. But I think this this post gets it wrong. I, uh, while comical and, and and very cute, I think they get it wrong. The physical space of our work, our physical working space, should not be what determines the pace and the excitement of what we're doing. Um, of course, sitting in a cubicle is awful. We've all been there. But the truth is, uh, after working in uh, open space for for so many years, uh, having a little cubicle of some walls doesn't sound so bad. But the idea is. The work 
can be fast paced and exciting without external factors. Doesn't mean that we have to be in a loud, fun place where there's, you know, foosball tables and pool tables and this and that. Like the work can be exciting, especially if you're, um, you're, 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 you know, at a startup where you're working all the time and working towards a common goal of just getting product up and running and get something started. The work environment, um, the physical work environment does not determine how exciting or how fast paced your actual job is. It's time to retire a word. Um, I don't know. This one is definitely not only used in high tech. It's used all over the place. So, uh, you know, even more so, I think it's time to retire it. Uh, and that word is space. People refer to things as space all the time in almost every situation. Um, I'm in the technical writing space. Um, I moved now into the podcast space. I, I, I don't know why this came. Just to say, I started a podcast. Um, I became a technical writer. Uh, I work in cybersecurity, not the cybersecurity space. The, the the word space, I'm not exactly sure what it's intended for, but it's an added word that has made the word space lose meaning. Uh, just say what it is that you're doing. You can You can be doing something and it doesn't have to be within the space of that thing. Just be happy with what you're doing and drop the word space. Everyone will benefit. So thank you for joining us in this episode of the Word Up podcast. Uh, all of the information for contacting us will be in the description. Definitely send us questions, comments, what you liked, what you didn't like. And if you have any questions, we'll uh, anonymously, or if you don't want to be anonymous, however you prefer, uh, we'll go over those questions in the next episode. <laughs>